Our loving Father in heaven, we thank you for giving us this privilege once again to be among the living. We thank you, Lord, for your protection through the night. We thank you, Lord, for granting us good health. We say may all praise, glory, honor, and adoration be unto your name now and forevermore. Father, we consecrate ourselves and give our lives back to you. We ask, Lord, that this life you've given to us shall be used to your glory. Therefore, we ask for strength. We ask for the gift of the Spirit. We ask, Lord, that as we go through our devotion this morning, that power and grace shall be given to us. You have promised in your word that as many as received you to them, you gave power to become the sons of God. Lord, as we commune with you, as we have this fellowship, Lord, may we receive power from you. May we speak words that all those who will be listening to us shall also receive equal power to become sons of God. Be with us today. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Our High Calling, March 12 Chosen of God Thou whom I have taken from the ends of the earth, and called thee from the chief men thereof, and said unto thee, Thou art my servant. I have chosen thee, and not cast thee away. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 9 Many have confused ideas as to what constitutes faith, and they live altogether below their privileges. They confuse feeling and faith, and are continually distressed and perplexed in mind. For Satan takes all possible advantage of their ignorance and inexperience. We are to accept of Christ as our personal Savior or we shall fail in our attempt to be overcomers. It will not answer for us to hold ourselves aloof from him, to believe that our friend or our neighbor may have him for a personal savior, but that we may not experience his pardoning love. We are to believe that we are chosen of God to be saved by the exercise of faith through the grace of Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit. And we are to praise and glorify God for such a marvelous manifestation of his unmerited favor. It is the love of God that draws the soul to Christ to be graciously received and presented to the Father. Through the work of the Spirit, the divine relationship between God and the sinner is renewed. The Father says, I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me the people. I will exercise forgiving love toward them, and bestow upon them my joy. They shall be to me a peculiar treasure. For this people whom I have formed for myself shall show forth my praise. The Father sets his love upon his elect people who live in the midst of men. These are the people whom Christ has redeemed by the prize of his own blood. And because they respond to the drawing of Christ, 
through the sovereign mercy of God, they are elected to be saved as his obedient children. Upon them is manifested the free grace of God, the love wherewith he hath loved them. Everyone who will humble himself as a little child, who will receive and obey the word of God with a child's simplicity, will be among the elect of God. You can prove yourself elected of Christ by being faithful. You can prove yourself the chosen of Christ by abiding in the vine. Amen. The title of our devotion is Chosen of God. And we read in the book of Isaiah 41 verse 9, which, are, which is our key text. It says, Thou whom I have taken from the ends of the earth, and called thee from the chief men thereof, and said unto thee, Thou art my servant, I have chosen thee, and not cast thee away. This passage is addressed by God to every man who would receive it. And that's why the first line in our devotion here says many, many have confused ideas as to what constitutes faith and they live altogether below their privileges. They confuse feeling and faith and are continually distressed and perplexed in mind for Satan takes all possible advantage of their ignorance and inexperience. Now what does this have to do with the Bible passage we read? In the Bible passage we read, Isaiah 41 verse 9, God is saying to us, to every sin-sick soul who is responding to his grace, to every sin-sick soul who feels remorse, and who is willing to receive forgiveness from God, God is saying to you, Thou art my servant, I have chosen thee and not cast thee away. What is faith? Faith means to listen to what God says. Romans chapter 10 verse 17. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, not hearing the word of man. You hear God's word, you believe it, and then you behave like someone who believes what God says. So, God is saying, for example, 1 John chapter 1 verse 9, if anyone confesses their sin, he is faithful and just to forgive them of their sins and not just to forgive but to cleanse of all unrighteousness. Now having gone on your knees, you pray to God and ask him, forgive me my sins. Now tell me, someone who believes what God says, that when, he, when you confess, he says, I will forgive. Now you have done what he asked you to do, which is to confess. What If you believe the word of God, are you supposed to rise up from that prayer still thinking that God has not forgiven you. If you feel that way, that he has not forgiven you, and you start to act that way, that means you do not have faith. Now, this is where the confusion between faith and feeling comes. Just because you feel unforgiven doesn't mean you are not forgiven. We are not to study our feelings, but we are to study the word of God. Whether you feel unforgiven or not has nothing to do with the truth. The truth says if you confess, God will forgive and that is the truth. So you are to deal with your feelings with the word of God. 
the word of God says you are forgiven. Whether you feel it or not does not change the truth that you are forgiven. And this is where we live below our privileges. It is our privilege to rise up from the prayer after asking for forgiveness, feeling joyful and thankful to God. It is your privilege to rejoice. It is your privilege to be thankful and say, Thank you, Lord, for forgiving my sins and to live a life of joy. But some are still sad. Some are still feeling depressed and thinking that because they feel that way, therefore, it's an evidence that they are not forgiven. They are waiting for God to give them joyful feeling first before they believe. Is that what faith is? Is there anywhere the Bible tells us that faith means for you to wait for God to make you feel a particular thing? That means the thing has been done. And this is where many people confuse their faith and they are very presumptuous. They feel that they will get something from God that God has not promised them. They strongly so-called, they will say, I strongly believe that this thing will be done. But they don't strongly believe. The reason they strongly believe is because they strongly feel. They are not functioning by faith. To To walk by faith is to hear God's word say, this thing will be done. Then because he said so, you believe. But if you are believing because you feel so, you are being presumptuous. That is not faith. And people keep confusing faith and feeling. And many times when they strongly believe that this thing will be done, and when it comes for the time for that thing to be done, it's not done, then they get depressed. And they feel like, oh, God has disappointed them. But whereas God didn't promise them anything, faith means to hold on to the promises of God and attribute them to yourself, claim them, and say it is yours. After you have fulfilled the condition, you don't just claim it, but you fulfill the condition. For example, the one I just used, 1 John 1 verse 9, the condition is there. If we confess our sins, that's condition. You can't just come out and say, oh, I am forgiven. I feel forgiven. If you feel forgiven and you did not confess, you are deceiving yourself. Just because you feel forgiven, now you are not going to ask for forgiveness. And you think you are forgiven. You are not forgiven. You need to fulfill the condition, confess your sin, and then you'll be forgiven. And after confessing, if you feel unforgiven, why are you feeling so? That means you are not still exercising faith. So today's topic is chosen of God. How many of us feel chosen of God? How many of us feel elected by God? You see, you read the Bible and you hear people like Nehemiah or Hezekiah boldly saying, Lord, I am thy servant. Sometimes myself too, when I read that, I wonder how can these men just boldly call themselves the servants of God? What gave them the effrontery? What gave them the belief to say, I am thy servant? Is that not being too presumptuous? Is that not being too uh, bold? Or taking, a, taking uh, will I say, privileges that doesn't belong to you? When did God tell you that you are his servant? Well, here it is. Isaiah chapter 41 verse Isaiah chapter 41 verse 9 There God says Thou art my servant I have chosen thee and not cast thee away This is addressed not to the saints so called as like people who have never sinned in their lives that's what I mean but it's addressed to saints indeed saints are not people who have never sinned but they are people who have sinned before and have taking the promise of God to themselves by faith they believe what God says so you are like Jacob at the bottom of that ladder in the depth of your sin and you hear God says saying to you look I have chosen thee 
you are my servant. I have not cast you away. It is your privilege to believe it. You may feel because of your sins that you are cast away. You may feel because of your sins that the Lord has left you. But your feeling has nothing to do with the truth and with the fact. God is saying to you, I have seen your remorse for sin. Remember, I have understood that you want to change. Therefore, I have not cast you away. You are my servant. I have chosen you. It is now our privilege to rejoice in this knowledge. But if you don't rejoice, what's going to happen? Satan is going to take advantage of your ignorance. And he will distress you and perplex your mind and make you feel the Lord has rejected you. And even though you have asked for forgiveness of sins, you keep walking gloomy and depressed and sad. Your sins keep on haunting you even though you are not practicing them anymore. Even though they are in the past and you are not doing it anymore, you are still feeling sad. You are not exercising faith and Satan is buffeting you because of your inability to believe when God has said what he has said. We are to accept of Christ as our personal savior or we shall fail in our attempt to be overcomers. It will not answer for us to hold ourselves aloof from him to believe that our friend or our neighbor may have him for a personal savior, but that we may not experience his pardoning love. You can experience his pardoning love. Do not think that others are the ones who can experience it, but not you. You can also experience it and not just experience, but but also rejoice that you have experienced it. We are to believe that we are chosen of God to be saved by the exercise of faith through the grace of Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit. I tell you the truth, there was one day I was thinking about this thing. I was praying to God and I said to God, God, I cannot even say that you should answer me because I'm your servant. Just please do what I want you to do because of your mercy's sake. When I hear people like John, Peter, say, Simon Peter, a servant of God. John, a servant of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And then I look at in the Old Testament too, those men, Nehemiah and Cody, use those same terms. And I'm wondering, wow, when will somebody become a servant of God? When can I say a servant of God? I feel unworthy to use those terms for myself. But here it is that God is saying to us, you are my servant. I have chosen you. I have not cast you away. So it is your privilege to believe that you are chosen of God. Because that's what he says here in Isaiah chapter 41 verse 9. I have chosen you. I have not cast you away. You are my servant. So it is your privilege to say, Lord, I am your servant. But listen, there is a condition upon which we become servants of God. Here we read, The Father sets his love upon his elect people who live in the midst of men. These are the people whom Christ has redeemed by the price of his own blood. And because they respond to the drawing of Christ, so take note of that. It is not just everybody who can take this privilege and say, Oh, I'm chosen of God, I'm a servant of God. It is those who respond to the drawing of Christ through the sovereign mercy of God. They are elected to be saved as his obedient children. Upon them is manifested the free grace of God, the love wherewith he had loved them. Everyone who will humble himself as a little child, take note, this is the condition now. Everyone who will humble himself as a little child, who will receive and obey the word of God with a child's simplicity, will be among the elect or the chosen of God. Therefore, if they are chosen of God, are they servants of God? Verily, verily, they are servants of God. You can prove yourself elected of Christ by being faithful. You can prove 
yourself the chosen of Christ by abiding in the vine. And it is to such that this devotion is addressed many who are still abiding in the vine, who are faithful to God, but yet they are not feeling like they are servants of God. They are not feeling accepted of God. They are not feeling like they are children of God or like God has accepted them. And some think it is humility to feel that way. Some think it is lowliness of mind to feel that way. Some think that it is actually a sign of the Holy Spirit upon you. No, it is not. It is a sign of your lack of faith. It is a sign of your lack of belief of the Word of God for you to think and say to yourself, Oh no, I'm not a servant of God. I'm not chosen of God. I feel I'm not worthy to do this. I'm, I'm not worthy to be accepted of God. And you feel you keep going around gloomy and sad. It shows that you lack faith. And let me tell you, it's not just going to end there. As we have read in this devotion, the consequence of this is that you will not overcome at the end. So, we need to deal with these feelings. We need to separate our feelings from the Word of God. And I'll just say a little bit on that. You need to understand that whatever feeling it is, whether it is this one or feeling of loneliness, feeling that we are unloved, feeling... Uh, that maybe somebody feels oh I'm ugly and bad no one really loves me or feeling discouraged or feeling envy any kind of feeling we need to understand that we don't function by feeling but we function by the word of God in the book of 2nd Corinthians chapter 10 reading from verse 3 it says for though we walk in the flesh we do not war after the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through god to the pulling down of strongholds feeling is a stronghold verse 5 says casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of god and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of christ take note casting down what imaginations feelings and thoughts that exalt themselves against the knowledge of god remember how we've been talking about the knowledge of god very important thing to have and having in readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled so the weapons of our warfare which is the word of god is to be used to cast down these feelings and cast down these imaginations and thoughts that are telling us something contrary to the word of god these strongholds are, that are imaginations and feelings and thoughts are opposed to the will of God. But the Bible tells us things different from how we feel and cast down these strongholds. If we feel lonely, for example, God's word has said he will not leave us comfortless. He will not forsake us. We are then to believe the word and cast down our feelings. Our God is not our feelings. Our God is God and he speaks to us based on his word. It is now for us to cast down our feelings. If God tells you, I love you, and you say, Lord, please send me, if you really love me, make me feel loved. What does the cross tell you? Is that not evidence that he loves you? It is now your duty to cast down your feelings that is exalting itself against the knowledge of God. And believe the word of God. Use the word of God to cast down your feelings. As much as this devotion is not necessarily about feeling and faith maybe some other time we'll talk about that but i just hope that this will help us today what god wants us to understand is exercise faith that if you have done what we have been saying we should do climbing that ladder of peter adding to faith virtue to virtue uh, knowledge and to knowledge temper, temperance and going to 
patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, and all, it is your duty to understand that you are making your calling and election sure. It is your duty to understand that you are elected of God, chosen of God, and rejoice in that. And to maintain that, you need to be faithful to the word of God. Rejoice in the fact that you are chosen if you have been faithful to God. If you have received Christ and are obeying his word, it is your duty and privilege to rejoice in that. May God give us the grace to do that. May his spirit be upon us as we do this in Jesus' name. Amen. When we go to the place where we took our Bible text, Isaiah 41, if we read there from verse 8, I think we will understand the context of this passage very well. Who was God speaking to? Remember, March 1st, the ladder, he was speaking to Jacob. Look at it. But thou, Israel, are my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. Thou whom I have taken from the ends of the earth, and called thee from the chief men thereof, and said unto thee, Thou art my servant. I have chosen thee, and not cast thee away. Verse 10 now, it says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded, they shall be as nothing, and they that strive with thee shall perish. Why am I going through this? Because many people think that the servant of God is just only those prophets, Elijah and the rest of them those strong men but here it is that god is calling jacob his servant and why is he telling him be not dismayed be not afraid i will strengthen thee it is because jacob did not have strength in fact here in isaiah god called him thou warm jacob why did he use the word warm to address him because he is a weak person how morally weak do not think that god has cast you off because you are morally weak do not think that God has cast you off because like Jacob, you have sinned against him. But when you understand, and do not also think that God will accept you while you are still continuing your sins. You must understand the context here. Jacob was remorseful and was sad about what he had done. He was dismayed. He was afraid. But God saw his heart and understood that this man wants to live a righteous life and came and met him with this message and said to him, Be not afraid, I have chosen thee, you are my servant, I will strengthen thee, I will help thee. My context is, if Jacob was already strong, so-called, as we think servants of God ought to be and chosen of God, if Jacob was already mighty, like Elijah for example, then why will God tell him, I will strengthen thee, I will help thee, be not dismayed, be not afraid? All they that were incensed against thee, I shall take them away and all of that. The reason is because Jacob was not a strong person. Jacob was a weak man. He was morally bankrupt. But he had something which is he wanted to please God. He desired to do the will of God. And God came to him with this message. So to everyone who is listening, understand that you are chosen of God as long as you are in this same condition. If you want to continue in your sins, then do not think that you are the one God is addressing, by the way. You are not the one. The one who God is addressing are those who indeed, yes, have sinned against God, but like Jacob, are feeling remorse and wanting to walk in the way of righteousness, but do not know how. 
they are feeling dismayed, feeling distressed in the mind, are afraid, thinking that God has cast them off because of their sins. Not that they are sinning right now, but their sins that they have done in the past, they are thinking that, oh, God cannot remedy it. I have sinned against God and he has cast me off. God is coming to meet you today and is telling you, I have not cast you off. Thou servant of mine, I have chosen thee, I have not forsaken thee, I will strengthen thee. It is now for you, like Jacob, to rise up and believe what God has said, that he is with you, that you are chosen of God, that you are a servant of God, walk in humility with God, continue to be faithful to him, and indeed you will be a servant of God, elect of God, chosen of God. Amen. The reading continues to say, Many have confused ideas as to what constitute faith, and they live altogether below their privileges. They confuse feeling and faith. Feeling make decisions based on what is seen or heard at the moment. Faith, on the other hand, is to stand on the word of God and refuse to move a bit. Feeling sees what is there, but faith sees what should be there. Feeling leans towards the arm of flesh. Faith takes hold of the arm of omnipotence. Our, this reading reminds me of a story in the Bible, Naomi and Ruth. See, when it was time, Naomi had lost the, the, the husband and two sons, and she lost everything that she went took to Moab and it was time to return home and the two daughter-in-laws started crying and they were weeping upon her and she looked at them and told them to return but Ruth decided that she's not returning and at that point when Naomi looked at Ruth all she could see was a liability I, I cannot take care of you return that's what she felt and that was what was happening to her at the moment but faith saw a just woman on whose shoulders lie the very heavy task to maintain the line through which the messiah the hope of the world will come most times even in our own lives we look at ourselves we look at our past life and even in the present situation you, you want to break down in despair that's feelings taking over. Despite our feelings, God is saying, I have chosen thee. When you look at yourself and see your unworthiness, I see my, my fallings. Faith says, take away the filthy rags. Light is come. Feeling is not a matter of faith. It is a matter of impulse. Many passed long years in darkness and doubt because they do not feel as they desire. But feeling has nothing to do with faith. That faith which walks by love and purifies the soul is not a matter of impulse. It ventures out upon the promises of God, firmly believing that what He has said He is able to also perform. Our souls may be trained to believe, thought to rely upon the word of God. That word declares that the just shall live by faith, not by feelings. Do not rely upon feelings, 
Let us put away everything like distrust and want of faith in Jesus. Let us commence a life of simple childlike trust, not relying upon feelings but upon faith. Do not dishonor Jesus by doubting his precious promises. He wants us to believe in him with unwavering faith. Keep looking unto Jesus, offering up silent prayers in faith, taking hold of his strength. Whether you have any manifest feeling or not, go right forward as if every prayer offered was lodged in the throne of God and responded to by the one whose promises never fail. So you see, friends, so you can prove yourself elected of Christ by being faithful. You can prove yourself the chosen of Christ by abiding in the vine. So you see, you see, God has chosen us so we can prove, we are supposed to prove that we are chosen by being faithful. The Father sets his love upon his elect people who live in the midst of men. He had called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So let us live as sons of light, live as children of the day, for we know that the night is trying is stealing upon us, and as we continue to live in obedience to the truth, the the Lord will prove to the world through us that we are truly peculiar treasure that will show forth the praises of him who had called us. So we must live in simplicity of a childlike faith. The reading says, Everyone who will humble himself as a little child, who will receive and obey the word of God with a child's simplicity, will be among the elect of God. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. You see, to be called the chosen of God is a great privilege. It is the love of God that draws souls to Christ to be graciously received and presented to the Father. The Bible tells us that what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us to be called the sons of God. It is indeed great love for God to have chosen us even when we are not born. As he records it in Jeremiah 1 verse, 15, 1 verse 5, rather. Before he formed us out of the belly, he has chosen us and has ordained us a prophet or, to be, or called us his sons. It is a great privilege for God to have chosen us before we were born or choosing us as sinners we were. We don't merit it in any way. It is of his own love and mercy and kindness. And the only way we can react back or reciprocate his love for us is to remain faithful to his promises, to his bidding. That's the only way we can react back to his love for us. I pray that God will help us to remain faithful always to his biddings and his commandments. So when we are talking about the chosen of God, it should be clear that this is not referring to people who are willingly disobedient to the commandments of God. Like we read clearly, it says, you can prove yourself elected of Christ by being faithful. You can prove yourself the chosen of Christ by abiding in the vine. So there is a condition 
for us to be the chosen of God. It says here concerning those people, upon them is manifested the free grace of God, the love wherewith he had loved them, everyone who will humble himself as a little child, who will receive and obey the word of God with a child's simplicity will be among the elect of God. So, God has not um, circumscribed in his mind a select few and selected some people and elected some and said, these are those who are going to be the chosen of God. No. It is in our hands to enroll, to enlist ourselves to be among the chosen of God based on how we live our lives. We can be the chosen of God if we humble ourselves and live in simple obedience to the word of God. As we read in the book of John chapter 1 verse 12, it says, As many as received Christ, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. Sons of God is the same thing as chosen of God. Chosen of God are the elect of God. They are the saints. They are the servants of God. They are one and the same thing. Some people are afraid to say they are saints. In Roman Catholicism, saints are only those who have died and then they are beatified and then they say, oh, now he's a saint. Whereas when you read the Bible, you hear Paul, James, addressing people and calling them saints. They are living people. They are not dead people. And among these people, some of them lived lives which were terribly sinful. If you read the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, reading from verse 6 downwards, Paul lists a number of sins, including homosexuality, adultery, things that we will consider gruesome today. And he says that these people are the saints, that they were once in these sins, but now they are washed, they are justified, they are sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ, and they are saints. Saints does not necessarily mean people who have never sinned or people who will never sin or people who have died and later beatified and now they are saints. No. Saints are people who are walking in a particular direction. While walking in that direction, they may sin against God, but they have a direction they are going to. They rise when they fall and they keep going. It doesn't make them stop being the elect or the chosen of God. Peter was among the disciples and he still sinned against God. He denied Christ. But Jesus did not forsake him. He was still a chosen of God. Jesus did not forsake him. Even before he sinned, Jesus told him that he was going to sin, but that he should not lose his faith. He said he had prayed for him. Many of the saints, maybe they may sin today, tomorrow. Jesus has prayed for them. It is for them to take advantage of that and rise up. Nobody is going to be saved in disobedience or in sin. But the saints are walking in a particular direction. The chosen, the elect of God, are going in a particular direction. And by virtue of that, by virtue of the fact that they have this humbleness of mind, are walking in the direction of simplicity in obedience to the word of God, they are the elect. And you can be among them. Let us not confuse it to mean that you can remain in your disobedience and be elect, the elect of God or the chosen of God. No. You must realize your sins and have a desire to come out of them and make efforts to do that and start walking in that direction of adding faith, uh, adding to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance and then patience and uh, godliness and brotherly kindness and charity. You must do that and as you are walking in that direction, as you are climbing up that ladder, doesn't mean that you should start priding yourself and saying I'm a son of God. Remember the devotions we've had two days ago and yesterday telling us that while we are in the middle of that ladder, we shouldn't think that we have done our work. You have not yet reached the top. There is no difference between those who are in the middle and those who are down. If you remain in the middle, then you will also be as lost as somebody who never even climbed the ladder. 
who never even started climbing in the first place. Do not say, oh, and pride yourself, I am the servant of God, I am the son of God, I am a child of God, and then you start to think that you have arrived. No, you have not arrived. Keep climbing that ladder. You have only arrived when you reach the top of the ladder. But that doesn't mean that because you have not reached the top, you do not have the privilege of calling yourself the chosen of God, or the servant of God, or the son of God, or saying that you are a child of God. You have the privilege of saying that you are a child of God, but that doesn't mean you should stop your journey. If you stop, you will lose your election. You can lose it. To make your election sure. You are already elected, but Peter said, make it sure. That means just because you are elected doesn't mean you can't lose it. The call is to make that calling and election sure. The only way that calling and election is made sure is when you reach the top of that ladder. That is when you reach charity, you reach the glory of God, the knowledge of God. Then you can say your calling and election has been made sure. Just because you are called, just because you are elected, doesn't mean you have finally been saved. So don't make the mistake of saying, because I'm called, I'm elected, I'm son of God, I'm servant of God, therefore I'm saved. Do not make that mistake. Many were servants of God. Judas was a servant of God. Balaam was a servant of God. Saul was a servant of God. He prophesied. But all these men, as they were climbing their ladder, they stopped in a certain place and they lost it. So you can say you are a servant of God, but do not think that because of that, I am saved. No way. Keep climbing that ladder or less you'll be like Judas or you'll be like Saul or you'll be like Balaam or you'll be like Demas who was part of the people who was working with Paul. He was a saint, but later... Because of greed and covetousness, he stopped preaching, he stopped evangelism and followed after the present world. He lost his election. He lost his calling. So we should be careful that even though we are saints of God, children of God, chosen of God, elect of God, we should be careful to make that calling and election sure. Do not lose it. Keep climbing that ladder. May the Lord bless us as we do that in Jesus' name. Amen. We thank you, loving Father, for giving us this wonderful privilege to be sons of God. Your word in the book of 1 John 3 verse 1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. That is the same term that is used to describe Jesus. He is the Son of God. Lord, we understand. Our mind cannot grasp it properly, but it's a high privilege. And that's why we read, Behold, what manner of love is this? Lord, we are grateful that you have given us such privilege. We accept the privilege, Lord, and we do accept to and understand what it means. Help us, Lord, not to misunderstand it and be proud or to feel like we have arrived or to feel that we have finished our journey and we have finished our race. But I pray, Lord, that you will continue to supply grace and strength to every one of us. Your word has promised that you will give power to those who receive your son. As we have received your son, Lord, please grant us power. Grant us power to become the sons of God. Grant us power to live according to your word, to humbly obey every word of God, faithfully following and abiding in Christ and Christ abiding in us. Give us grace to conquer every temptation and every trial that comes our way, that no matter how they are, you help us, that even if we may fall, that we will stand, that you educate us, educate us on how to train our minds to overcome temptations and to maintain our election, to maintain our call. I pray, Lord, that you be with us for today in all that we do. Guide us and protect us. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from all evil. Be with us in all that we do, Lord. And I pray that by your grace we shall represent you properly. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. <music>